I just love being outside. There's so many things to do this time of the year. I don't want to spend a lot of time cooking. And that's why I love Factors. No prep, no mess meals. Head to Factormeals.com slash Bands50 and use the code Bands50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Bands50 at Factormeals.com slash Bands50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. In a world that seems to be out of surprises, it's nice to know you can still find an experience that just blows you away. The Bob and Sherry Show with Bob. Call me Tool Dork instead of Bob. And Sherry. I don't even want to be me. If you're at all half-hearted about being with me, then neither one of us want to be here. And now, from the palatial Bob and Sherry Studios, it's Bob and Sherry. So tell me how you feel about this. A handful of senators are trying to push through the Airline Passengers Bill of Rights. And I'll tell you what the Airline Passengers Bill of Rights is here in a second. But before I do, I want you to stop and think for a minute how gradually over time, and especially since um, Spooky Mahoof tried to set off his shoe bomb, how gradually over time we have accepted that as passengers, we not only have no rights, but that we're basically criminals who should keep quiet, keep our heads down, not draw attention to ourselves, and just thank the good Lord that we can still get a Cinnabon somewhere near the gate. Would you agree with that? It's very true. <clears throat> yeah, I, and it's basically it comes down to you're not treated as special as a customer. You're treated as a person who should feel lucky that they are going from point A to point B. Isn't it miraculous that we are able to fly and aren't you lucky for whatever you're paying or whatever the aggravation is to be on this plane? Totally agreed. And add one more level to that. Not just you're not being treated like a customer, you're being treated like someone who is barely being tolerated and one false move from you, sis, and you're in the plastic handcuffs and being escorted off the plane. Right. That's not like the that's not the airline's fault, though. That's the fault of of uh, people who are behaving poorly, I think. But that is what it feels like now to fly. Yeah. Like I just I dread I dread the flight because I don't love the the whole. Oh, I'm thirty thousand feet in the air, going five hundred miles an hour. Like I don't love that. But everything about the experience from trying to park at the airport to um, getting mm -hmm. off the plane and trying to find your bag has just been a hell, right? So here's the mm -hmm. Passenger's Bill of Rights. There are three main things that you're going to get if they make this a law. Um, airline companies will have to give you a minimum of $1,350 if you have a ticket, but they've overbooked the flight and they don't let you on. I don't know how often <laughs> that happens. A uh, every, lot. Every flight I'm on, they ask for volunteers to get off. Yeah. But I've yeah. never been... Have this has this happened to you? Have you ever been standing there with your boarding pass and they don't let you on the flight because it's overbooked? I've I've not had that, but I have seen one time after another. I think I think I've flown about five times in the last couple of years, and every single time there has been an overbooking and and people have gotten one uh, one person got uh, nine hundred and fifty dollars, and another person was over a thousand dollars. Well, it's going to be mandatory now that they have to pay a minimum of thirteen fifty. The second yeah. thing is, um, they will have to compensate you and/or give you a refund if their if the flight delay or cancellation is their fault. Like they can't. One of the things they do is they blame weather 
for everything. Mm-hmm. And in this passenger bill of rights, they're not allowed to do that anymore. So, for example, you can have a four-hour flight delay in Tampa, and they'll tell you it's because there are tornadoes in Kansas. And sometimes it, it's true that it does impact your Tampa flight. But according to what I'm reading here, a lot of times it's just a lie. It's just an excuse. Really? To cover. Yes. Because I always up. believe them on that one. Mm-hmm. I always believe them. Oh, okay. There's a storm in Chicago. So everything's backed up. Now, this next one is interesting. If and when the airline loses your baggage, they have to immediately refund the baggage fee that you paid to check the baggage in the first place. Thank you. That's right. not that's not the same thing as comp immediately paying for your lost stuff, though. You paid $50 to check that bag. They lost the bag. Here's your $50. Now they've got to go find your bag. And if they can't find your bag, now it goes up a level. But you'll at least get you'll at least get your baggage um, fund, uh, your, your baggage fee refunded. And then there's as, some as other I remember things that they the- have to do. If they never find it, I think the maximum they give you is what three hundred bucks. It's something I don't know. Like and that. Is it the same for every airline? Um, I'll tell you. I here's some know. other. Here's some other stuff they have to do. If your flight is delayed one to four hours, they have to refund your ticket. That's gonna that's gonna bankrupt the airlines. A one hour delay and they're refunding tickets. Um, of course, not everybody's gonna demand the refund, right? A lot of us have to get where we're going. Like, remember that night you and I got delayed by a blizzard? We had to get where we were going. So, you know, the airline had us by the shorties. Here's another thing. If the flight is delayed more than four hours, they got to refund your ticket. They've got to provide you alternate transportation. They've got to pay for your food and your hotel if you need one. They'll, and they'll, they never, cannot, they'll never get that passed. That will never. Ne- I know they'll never get that passed. And again, I, as I mentioned, they're not allowed to um, lie and use weather as an excuse for things that are actually their fault and have nothing to do with the weather. I, I don't see this. I don't see this um, passing because I think that the minute you have to start refunding tickets for one-hour delays, we're done. Bye-bye, Wright brothers. We no longer have commercial aviation, right? You know, I, I would be I would be happy, um, not just with this, but as a start, not having to pay an additional fee to sit next to my wife. And in some cases, oh, that yeah. you have to oh, pay. Oh, yeah. If, if you, if the two of you, uh, you know, are, are booking and they say, oh, you want to you sit next to her, huh? All I think right, it's well, discriminatory that I have bucks. to pay extra money to have legroom being tall. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I just feel like that's discriminatory towards me. So if you're I, tall, I is, it, is it just the, uh, the, the aisle where the escape door is? There's that one, and then there's a couple other ones that there's like a couple up, of other I think ones, up against yeah. the bulkhead or something. But I think it also depends yeah, yeah. on the particular uh, plane. Right. Uh, so, but I I I hate that. Yeah. Except there are going to be people who are going to say I have to have that seat because I'm tall and they're not tall. Right. They just want the extra room. That's tough on the airlines. I don't know what they're going to do with that. But please let me sit with my wife. And don't charge me 40 bucks more for that. You know what I'm saying? Well, how about when it's your kid? Same <laughs> thing. My child is my yeah. child is eight. Yeah. All right, he's all yours. I'm in the back mm-hmm. of the plane. Mm-hmm. It is Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app.
So I was online, I was looking for something to talk about, and I came upon this uh, topic, things to avoid in a first date. And I, I'm going to tell you what they are. There's one, two, three, four, five things you should avoid in a first date. But I paused for a moment, and I thought, if I was going out on a first date, I would be so tired right now. I, I just don't, I, I'm at the point, I don't think I could go out on a first date. I think I would, you know, I would say, okay, I'm going to meet you at this restaurant. Here's the deal. Um, I like cool weather in the summer if I can find it. My favorite thing is lobster. Um, I watch a lot of gangster movies. And uh, I'll take a nap in the afternoon because, and you'll hear this a lot, I get up really early. And if that's a breaker, then then we're done. You know, <laughs> I, well, wouldn't it? God, Bob, well, how refreshing that would be. And then I would take a. You would tell me that, and I would take a sip of my drink, and I would look you right in the eye, and I would say, "I'm not nearly as much fun as you think I'm going to be." And also, <laughs> I'm a little on the creepy side. And if yeah, we can make think, that work, yeah, my then, God, then it's okay. What, yeah. What happiness, though? What bliss? Because we know yeah. going in, I would be telling my girlfriends, yeah, he's a really good guy. He watches a lot of gangster movies, goes to bed early, gets up early, you know, wants to eat pizza a lot. And you'd be telling your friends, yeah, she's not as much fun as you expect her to be. And she's a little bit creepy, but, you know, it's kind of working out. Wouldn't that be better? It would be better. You know, when Mary used to listen to the Bob and Sherry show and used to see me on TV when she was very young. Uh, and of course, on the Bob and Sherry show, for the most part, I, I do sound like I'm, I'm a lot of fun. And then on television, I just look like a more fun than a barrel of monkeys. I mean, I'm jumping out of planes. I'm, you know, I'm in Hawaii and, and all of this stuff. And I think initially that is what she thought I would be 24-7. And then uh, it didn't take long to discover that, you know, I am fun, and I, but I'm more like the guy on the radio than I was the guy on the TV show. But even then, um, I'm not as much fun to be married to on a daily basis as um, you would think I would be. Well, so I I'm, think- I'm buttressing what you said that not, as, not much as much fun as it looks. It's not going to yeah. be as much fun as you think, right? Like I, I dated somebody before I met Kevin and um, I think he'd watched a lot of uh, WKRP in Cincinnati or something. And he had this idea of what like people in radio would be like. And I think what he wanted me to be was Dr. Johnny Fever in Lonnie Anderson's body. And none <laughs> of that. And that was like, that's a high bar for a woman. It you know? is. Like that's a lot yeah, to yeah. ask. That's a lot to ask. All right. Things to avoid on a first date if you are going up. Uh, don't bring your phone. And if you must tuck it away. And I know people are saying, I have to have my phone. I'm on a first date, but I have kids. I'm a single mom. I have to have my phone. Tuck it away. Don't bring it out. Hey, don't put it on the table. Don't look at it. Blah, blah, blah. I agree with that completely. I, I have to have my phone so that law enforcement and Dateline can use cell towers to triangulate my whereabouts when I never make it home from our first date. Do not tell me I'm not bringing my phone. That is how my murder is going to be solved. Okay, Excuse well, bring, bring your phone, but don't use that as a reason for bringing your phone. I warned you that I wasn't as much fun as you think and also a little bit on the creepy side. I thought we were don't. keeping it real here. Oh, my God. This relationship is Here's never number two. Work. Here's number two. Mapping out your future together. Woo. Um, Mary has a friend. I overheard them talking uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she has a daughter who I think is around... 23s, 24, something like that. And she was describing what her daughter described on this first date. And this guy was just about doing that. He was mapping out their future together. He was saying, you know, um, 
what are you doing tomorrow? Well, I have a dentist, but I'll pick you up for the dentist appointment. And I will be doing that, you know, for the rest of our lives. Cause that's the kind of guy I am. I'm a great. And she said, you know, she's never going to go out with that guy again. You have to take it slow. Uh, talking about exes. I, you know, does everybody not know by now that you don't do that? I mean, especially on a first date. Who who is sitting down and saying, ah, well, it's, thanks for coming out with me. I got to tell you about this woman I was married to, this Gloria woman. Oh, my God. Everything I did was wrong. Don't do that, even if it's true. Sharing past dating horror stories, that's a terrible idea. And not keeping them updated if you are running late, because that is rude. So that's that's pretty easy to do, those five, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've forgotten three of them, um, but but as long as I think you get at least one or two, you're Bring in your phone, work. don't do it, or, or tuck it away. Don't map yeah. out your future. Don't talk about exes. Don't talk about dating horror stories. And uh, let them know if you're running late. That's easy to remember. It's, yeah. it's natural. Those are just natural things. All right, straight ahead. It is Morons in the News with Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is brought to you by Febreze Car. Breathe happy. Febreze Car. Ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't be a moron. With Morons in the News. There is a town called Lower Allen Township in Pennsylvania. And evidently there was some sort of an accident. And five police cars showed up to help at the accident inside of the road. There was also an ambulance and the ambulance had, you know, his their lights going. And I mean, it, it was really a scene. Jimmy L. Phillips drove right into two of the police cars, just drove right into them. Didn't see the ambulance lights, didn't notice there were five police cars, drove right into two of the police cars. Obviously, he was stoned. And of course, when you drive into a police car, the f- police are going to come over and say, hey, what's up, Jimmy? And they did. And they looked in and they found bag after bag after bag of cocaine and marijuana. So obviously he was a dealer and he was stoned and he was placed under arrest. Like we say, if you're doing something illegal, don't be doing don't something be else doing illegal. Something illegal. <laughs> it's just not going to work well for you. He was arrested. You know, we try so hard to help people. You know, yeah. we try to be the helpers, like Mr. Rogers said. But some of yeah. y'all drug dealers just will not listen to even the best and well-intentioned advice. Let's they go won't. to today's moron of the day. This happened on a flight in Russia, a commercial flight in Russia. A woman named Anzalika Moskovitnia, who's 49, bit a flight attendant. She bit a male flight mm. attendant. Mm. Then she locked herself in the bathroom and lit a cigarette. <laughs> oh. <laughs> then she stripped down topless. Whoa. Business class passengers had to assist the crew to restrain her as they forced her bra back on and then got her in those plastic handcuffs per the pilot's orders. My favorite part of this story is what she said. I mean, she was in a rage. She tried storming the cockpit. I mean, she was absolutely not having it. She was Mm -hmm. screaming to the other passengers that you're all going to die. And then she hollered, kill me, but I'm smoking this. Wow. That really shows you how addictive (laughs) cigarettes are. Yeah. 
Hey, I've got what video. The, what do you think the deal is? What was the deal? I, I mean, I don't know what she was mad about. Does it say in the story what she was mad about? What, she wanted to she, smoke. Uh, that's oh, what that she was, was the mad only. About. That's what. That's what did it. What does taking off your uh, shirt and bra do? I mean, how? How does that give you more power? I mean, it gives you more sometimes, power in, in a certain way, but not publicly like that. Sometimes your bra, it just aggravates you is the best thing I can say oh, to that. Sometimes okay. it's just a real, okay. you know, yeah. you're just like, I got to get this thing off. I'm just in really? such a mood. Um, mm-hmm. There's video. There's video of the whole crazy scene, including the business class passengers. They got her wrestled back into a corner of the galley where the flight attendants prepare meals and drinks. Yeah, um, yeah. And they're trying to get a shirt or a blanket on her and she's yelling in Russian, I'm going to the cockpit. Kill me, but I'm smoking this. <laughs> Folks, it's only Tuesday. Like, let's pace ourselves, okay? You know, we'll you do up. wonder you do wonder what people go through who, you know, are a pack or two pack a day smokers and for whatever reason, business or whatever reason, they are on a long flight and uh, there's just no way to, to light up. Can- Get you a Nicorette patch or the gum or something. I've seen people do that. Listen, if the alternative... Oh, I don't like the Nicorette gum. I hear that you don't like the gum. Do you like being topless in plastic handcuffs and then having the video on the Bob and Sherry Facebook? Make a choice here, you know? Wait a second. Topless handcuffs video. Oh, it's the Bob and Sherry Facebook that's the bad part. Okay. Right, right, right. That's where this is going to be. Straight ahead, a relationship hack that just might save your... Save your sanity and your day. It's next. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. All right, here's a relationship hack. It really works. I promise you it works. Just had this happen last week. One of my closest friends on Valentine's Day. The day just, you know, sometimes a day just goes sideways from the minute the alarm goes off. Yeah, she yeah, and her, yeah. She and her partner, they kind of snapped at each other. And then, you know, she reached out to like, hey, sorry about that. And he's like, just forget it. You know, I'm the, I'm the, your lowest priority. And they, and it started like a little snipey thing back and forth. And so she called mm-hmm. me. She was so upset. And and she was like, I've, I've apologized. And uh, so I said, you know what? Send a text and say, I love you. I'm sorry the day got off this way. Let's please not do this over text. Can we just hit the restart button on today? And she's like, that'll never work. And I said, just try it, okay? I'm going to sit here. I'm going to wait for you to do it. So I hear the phone, click, click, tap, 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 click, 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 hit send. 30 seconds later, he replies, thank you. I'd like that. And then they hit restart on the day, and they ended up having a really nice Valentine's Day. Oh, that's so sometimes, cool! Yeah. Sometimes when you're you're fighting and you're and now you don't even know what you're really fighting about. Yeah, you know? yeah. Now you're mm-hmm. now you're saying stuff like, "Yeah, but remember last year that time I wanted barbecue sauce and you gave me ketchup because you don't care about me." <laughs> you know how that happens. Just and hit now reset. You, yeah. You dig yourself the hole, and you're in the hole so deep and. Yeah. Now you don't even know what you're apologizing for or what you want an apology for. You're just so upset. Right, right, just right. say to the person, hey, I don't know how this happened. I'm really sorry. I love you. Can we hit restart on this day? Yeah. It and, pe- works. and people are on the computer so much, it, it immediately uh, clicks. 
with what you can do, that you can start all over again with a clean slate. Do you know what it does? It gives both people space and grace to drop the craziness. Right, exactly. We can just drop the craziness. Hit Mm -hmm. restart on the day. And then let me know if that didn't work for you, because I promise you it works. Straight ahead on the Bob and Sherry Show, we have a round of things. Bob didn't know comedian John Ozele and spy balloons have been around way longer than you know. Your mind's going to be blown. It's Bob and Sherry. I just love being outside. There's so many things to do this time of the year. I don't want to spend a lot of time cooking. And that's why I love factors. No prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer. Thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like calorie smart, protein plus and keto factors. Fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. And here's the best part. They are absolutely delicious. I love them. 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from. Head to factormeals.com slash bands50 and use the code bands50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code bands50 at factormeals.com slash bands50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. I just love being outside. There's so many things to do this time of the year. I don't want to spend a lot of time cooking, and that's why I love factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors, fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. And here's the best part. They are absolutely delicious. I love them. 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from. Head to factormeals.com slash bands50 and use the code bands50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code bands50 at factormeals.com slash bands50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Leave us a talk back, talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Oh, it would be so nice to go to Florida. And Bob and Sherry want to send you there. Would you like to win a fantastic trip to St. Pete Beach? Oh, I love that part of Florida. Three consecutive nights at the Don Cesar Resort Hotel. Oh, it's just so beautiful. Tony and his wife, Donna, have stayed there numerous times. I talked to him the other day. He said, this is a great hotel. Also, two tickets for a dinner cruise aboard the yacht Starship Cruises. Two uh, tickets to the Dolly Museum. Uh, general admission tickets to the Clearwater Marine Aquarium. Wow, what a time you're going to have. Also, of course, uh, Coach Class Airfare for the winner and one guest, your best friend, whoever that may be. This is for you and your bestie right into the Tampa International Airport. And I'm going to give you a nice rental car, too, for four days. So if you want to win that, and who wouldn't, go to BobAndSherry.com right now. And good luck, Sherry. Guys, something really wild and strange happened at my house last night. So I had something in the oven and I opened the oven door and my oven mitt dropped, fell right off my hand and dropped on the floor. So I bent Mm -hmm. down to pick up my oven mitt 
And I forgot that the oven door was open. And when I stood up, I clocked oh. my head oh, no. on the oven door. And it, of course, I screamed. And, you know, Kevin's like, what is it? What? I, I hit my head on the oven door. And he's like, how did you do that? And I said, I'm in too much redact it, redact it, redact it, pain to describe how I did that. Just know that it wasn't on purpose. Why, why do y'all ask us questions? How'd you do that? Well, I'd been practicing for a couple of days. Um, you know, I stretched. I want to, you know, you want to be limber before you clock your head on the oven door. It hurt. I, I mean, I saw the cartoon birds and stars. So I go and I sit down on the couch and I'm rubbing my head where it hurts big tuft of my hair came out like I've never had a big tuft of my hair come out of course I screamed you know and all the lights go on and I'm like do I have a and he's like I don't see anything there's no blood there's no bald spot so I don't understand what happened here's his theory he thinks that because it's you know it's a metal door or something that I hit it so fast and with such force that the edge of the metal cut my hair. And so oh. it's not that my hair fell out. It's like a big swath of it got cut up by the yeah. Listen, mm. listen, your mm. hair's not supposed to come out in clumps. And when it no. does, it makes you anxious and gets your attention. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's the You know, I'm quote. not one of those guys that when, when my wife does something like that, I am not one of those guys that says, how did you do that? No way. I would no longer do that than I'd set fire to the rug in the living room. Well, I've listen, my fate is improved because Kevin says, how did you do that? My ex would go, why'd you do that? Yeah, exactly. <sighs> well, you're right. Hey, you moved up, didn't you? Um, yeah, everything, you know, it's everything's just better by the minute. Why'd you do that? It got to the point where something would happen. And he would go, why'd you do that? That I would literally have to count to 10 and say to myself, Keith Morrison, Keith Morrison, Keith Morrison, Keith Morrison. I don't know why I did that. It's just, it's a thing that happened. <laughs> um, I, such I think, I think Mary, if I, if I bang my head, she, she would say, you know, how did you do that? I do think that she would say the same thing that Kevin said. Well, who but for some reason, head? I'm just not wired to do that. Who bangs their head on an oven door and then has a big tuft of hair fall out? So, you know, a little while goes by and, and it still hurts. You know, this is like last night, it still hurts. So a little while goes by and um, my group text with my daughter's lights up. And, you know, Karamita's like, hey, bestie, what you doing? And so I replied back, oh, you're not going to believe what happened. I, I, I bent down to pick up an oven mitt. When I stood up, I banged my head on the oven door and a big tuft of my hair fought, fell out. So Olivia's like, ah, I don't know what to say. And Karamia's like, oh my God, is it bleeding? Do you need to go to the hospital? No, no, no blood. It's just a big tough. My hair fell out. So some time goes by and then here comes the text message from my youngest. Mom, I worry. What? What do you mean you worry? So I replied back, it's okay, I'm fine. What do you worry about? I worry that these things are happening now. Wait, oh wait, wait, no! Wait, 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 wait! These things are not happening now. This thing has happened, <laughs> but it's not like every twenty minutes. I'm like, oh my god, my eye just fell out. Ooh, oh, I locked myself in the bathroom. Like, what? They are at that stage now where they talk to me like I'm not a hundred percent reliable. You know what they're saying to each other? Here's what they're saying to each other. 
Do you think that um, we should each take turns calling her like once a day to see if she's going home more often? (laughs) (laughs) Mom, Uh, I worry. And I, I laughed, but I thought I looked at that text and I thought, how many times have I said to my own mother who lives alone in the desert, mom, listen, it's just, I worry. And my mom has not banged her head on a door and had a tuft of hair fall out. So technically, (laughs) I'm more worrisome than my mother is. That's unsettling. But back to a tuft of my hair falling out. What the hell? Who Have you ever seen or heard of anything like that happening? I mean, a big puff of hair fell out of my head after I banged it on the oven door. I I have not had that happen yet. And it says to me that I am really on my toes because uh, herself will go and get something out of a cabinet in the kitchen and it does not close. So every time I go through through the kitchen, there are cabinet doors that are left wide open and occasionally the microwave too. I don't know. I just, some people just don't close them. Like Kev said to me, you, you should pay more attention to where things are. And, and I like that better than mom. I worry because it's true that I live in a daydream world. I do. I live, if I'm, if I'm thinking about something, I'm oblivious Mm -hmm. to my surroundings. Right. Mm -hmm. So at least Kev's like, you should try to pay a little more attention, which says, I know you're capable of paying more attention. My youngest Mm -hmm. over here, mom, I worry. Should you get a helmet? (laughs) Yeah, right. Coming up, we have a really funny comedian for you, John Ozele. Plus, if you thought that Chinese spy balloon we just shot down over Myrtle Beach, if you think that's some kind of new thing, think again. You're going to, your mind is going to just be blown. Absolutely blown by what we have for you coming up. It's Bob and Cherry. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. And now on the Bob and Sherry Show, it's another exciting episode of Things Bob Didn't Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first two things I didn't know had to do with uh, Great Britain, England. Britain once banned Christmas. Can you think of anything worse? But it is true. Between 1644 and 1660, Lord Protector Oliver Cromwell, a sort of unelected prime minister, banned the celebration of Christmas. Cromwell was a Puritan, very strict Christian, who believed that fun things like dancing, music, and uh, things that were made up just to have fun were sinful and upset God. I just love these people who think that, that they know God's brain, right? Unsurprisingly, this was not very popular. There were riots all over England. The English might not have liked it, but the Scots were not as bothered. In Scotland, there was no Christmas celebration from 1640 until, wait for it, 1958. What? Yeah. And it wasn't a public holiday anyway. That meant your great-granddad, if he was Scottish, had to go to work probably on Christmas. That blew me away when I saw that one. Well, um, more than one English king has died on the toilet. It's an embarrassing way to go. Um, And here's the story here. The first English king to die on the loo, as they call it, was King Edmund in 1016, who got stabbed to death while doing his business. That is a bad way to go. And 
What and kind of a murderer that, are you? To a man is at his least offensive. And it, you know, he was perched on some wooden bench or stone yeah. carved yeah. bowl. You know, it wasn't. It, yeah, it wasn't Ugh. comfortable. That's for sure. Although I tell you what, I got a hold of some Scott tissue once, and I was about ready to stab myself. Anyway, in uh, twelve sixteen, exactly two hundred years later, King John died on or near his uh, loo from dysentery. And then in 1760, King George II also went to his maker whilst on the porcelain throne. And King Henry I died in 1135 on it after gorging on a kind of river eel called a lamprey. I, I, I first of all, could happen. first of all, um, the phrase gorging on a river eel. <laughs> I, know, I, know. Um, I don't know what a river eel, that must be some kind of tasty eel meat that you yeah. would gorge on a river eel. And then yeah. to be, to be like, yeah, St. Peter, can you send me back? I don't want to be remembered for all time as a man who died gorging on river eels. St. Peter, eh, what are you going to do, Your Highness? You yeah, know? yeah, come on in. Actually, you're going down below because I've, I've been keeping an eye on you. All right, here's how many here's, river uh, eels do you eat to have to have it kill you? Oh my God! In my case, I think about one. I don't know how big they yeah. are. Just just the name river eel sounds disgusting, doesn't it? But yeah. it was a different time. It's keto friendly. Uh, Everybody, no. everybody knows who Harriet Tubman was, uh, right. best known, of course, as a brave freedom fighter and abolitionist who fought against slavery in the U.S. As an undercover agent helping escaped enslaved people, she was known to carry chickens with her. Why? Because when she thought a slaver might be getting suspicious of her, she would release the chickens. They'd, you know, cause a commotion and she would rush to recapture them. It was so distracting that the slave masters didn't notice. They just said, boy, that's some crazy crap. I don't want to be a part of that. And she would also pretend to read a newspaper because enslaved people were not supposed to be able to read. But, of course, genius. She, it, you know, that really was genius, wasn't it? I think, about, I think about like a handful of days we had at our old station where – you know, you'd get the email that so-and-so from corporate is coming in. So prepare to attend a meeting. That would have been a very good day to release some chickens. Yeah, anything, exactly. Anything exactly. to get us out of that. I know. You and I were always called in to one of those meetings to take the burden off of the poor manager who had to entertain this jerk from uh, from Boston. God. What I would not have given to have a bag full of live chickens on more than I one know. of those days. I know. Wow. That's right. I'd like to have had a river eel for <sighs> another reason for him. Uh, yeah, but that it, one guy, he would have done, he would have wanted to gorge on your river eel, but not with his face. So let's just leave that. Yeah, that's true. God bless Ooh. and yeah, be done with that. That's right. Ew. So I think a lot of us have read uh, the famous Mary Shelley classic horror uh, sci-fi novel Frankenstein, right? Did you read that maybe when you were a kid? Cliff, cliff Notes. But. Cliff Notes only? Yeah, I read it. Um, she wrote it after a nightmare she had during a stormy, creepy night in Switzerland where she was hanging out with uh, the poets Shelley and Lord Byron. How old do you think she was? 
She was a teenager. I know that. Eight. You are exactly right. Yeah. I didn't know that. She was 18 years old when she wrote Frankenstein. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, the thing is still around, whether it's in comedy with Mel Brooks or, you know, a, a recreation of it every 20 or 30 years. What a legacy at 18 she came up with. What a genius she was. It was that they were challenging each other and she took the challenge and wrote that. And it just shows you that sometimes in life, don't overthink what you're doing. Whatever mm-hmm. it is you're dreaming of, just jump right in and do it. Don't overthink it. Because right. if you overthink it, chances are you'll never, ever do it. And let's let's wind up with, uh, once again, going to Great Britain during World War II. Of course, the British were very brave. The Americans were very brave, you know, going up against these horrifying Nazis. And uh, they, they had tanks. And they would go out on a battlefield with their tanks to, uh, you know, go one-on-one with the panzer tanks from the Germans. And every tank that the British Army had had a tea-making facility on the tank so that they wouldn't stop for tea breaks and get caught by the Nazis. <laughs> hey, Bob, what are, those vehicle, so what are those vehicles called? Tanks. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, God. That was I'm mortifying. Sorry. There you go. No. It, it feels good to do something like that, doesn't it, mister? It does. I admit. Uh-huh. All right, that's it. Things Bob didn't know, and that's just scratching the surface. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is brought to you by HelloFresh. Use code BobandSherry22 at HelloFresh.com slash BobandSherry22. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Jono Zele. <laughs> Too much, too much. All right, big news. Uh, Just turned 39. Little over a year ago. (laughs) Being early 40s like being in season five of any TV show. Because, you know, it's still good. But is it? Definitely not getting better. (laughs) That's for sure. For those not yet in your 40s, brace yourselves. And by that I mean, buy a brace for every joint on your body. (laughs) This is not a bracelet. (laughs) It's holding together my bones. (laughs) Got married last year. Yeah, got a pandemic bride. She was a rescue. Although I was almost 40, so who rescued who, right? I actually proposed to her using the dog we rescued together. Yeah, I put the ring on his collar. Because you can't say no to a cute dog. Very manipulative. (laughs) I'm not the worst, though. I'm always blown away when someone proposes in front of a group of people, like in a sporting event. That should be illegal. (laughs) 
what a weird peer pressure to put on someone. <laughs> Just like, look, honey, everyone in Madison Square Garden thinks we should get married. <laughs> We're on the jumbotron. <laughs> Do you want to get booed? <laughs> I've also found the opposite is a little bit strange as well. Because I had a friend who proposed at a very scenic national park in the middle of the Arizona desert where there wasn't another human for hundreds of miles. <laughs> which is an entirely different kind of pressure. <laughs> like at that point, he might as well just had a ring in one hand and a shovel in the other. <laughs> Choose wisely. She said yes, they're very happy. Trying to work on myself. Had a couple friends recommend meditation. So I downloaded one of those meditation apps on my phone. And now, every day at noon, I tell it no. <laughs> you know what? Pretty relaxing. Five stars. <laughs> I recommend it. But one thing I actually did is I went to see a therapist for the first time. Yes, we are going to solve the mental health crisis one comedian at a time. <laughs> so I called up the clinic to make my first ever appointment. The receptionist asked if I'd like to speak to a male or female therapist. I said, female, of course. Was this a test? <laughs> you think I'd be vulnerable with an adult man? I would rather share my fears with a coyote. <laughs> it's like, I don't think you understand. My inability to talk to other men is the reason I need therapy. <laughs> right. He's right on it, isn't he? <laughs> That is comedian John Ozele. We'll post that up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I dot com. This is Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry Store is restocked with the book Cooking with Cats. Sherry Lynch's cookbook with great recipes and pictures, of course, of lots of cats. He's a man's man. And now available, The Book of Bob. That makes me so happy. Sherry has written down Bob's proclamations and witticisms over the years. Really? <laughs> and now in book form. I'm fabulous. But it's not available any place but at the Bob and Sherry Store. I am sorry for living. At Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers Merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. We are having Christian, my grandson, and Elle, my granddaughter, stay with us for a few days in just a little bit. Uh, I think about a week away, something like that for that. And Landon has been very strict about no screens and uh, fresh food, good food, no, no candy and all of this. I was online and I saw a collection of those great ads out of the 1950s. And I'm going to show her this one and say, uh, you know, don't worry. You have a good time. We're going to uh, we're going to go buy this ad. It's a picture of a 1950s mother. And of course, she has blonde hair pulled back, white teeth. And she's smiling at her baby who looks like uh, the baby maybe is uh, 14 months old. And uh, it has the title for a better start in life. Start cola earlier. How soon is too, <laughs> how soon, is too soon? 
and the ad goes on. Not soon enough. Laboratory tests over the last few years have proven that babies who start drinking soda during the early formative period have a much higher chance of gaining acceptance and, quote, fitting in, unquote, during those awkward preteen and teen years. So do yourself a favor, mom. Do your child a favor. Start them on a strict regimen of sodas and other sugary carbonated beverages right now for a lifetime of guaranteed happiness. Sodas promote active lifestyle. Cola boosts personality. Cola gives body essential sugars. That is an actual ad from the 1950s by the Soda Board of America in Chicago, Illinois. All, they knew you all know, of that was a lie. Is that not the most? And I'm I'm not a hater. I mean, I, I drink one Coke a day. You know, I'm not a hater. But is that not just mind-numbing? I'm not a soda drinker. So I guess, uh, when it, when is it time to have Ada join me in a glass of wine at dinner? <laughs> She's three. Right. It's about the how same. Much, how much longer do I have to wait before I give the child a cocktail to settle it down a little bit? Oh, how soon God. is too soon? Not soon enough. And they're saying laboratory <laughs> tests prove that toddlers are better off drinking colas. Oh, my God. Well, what a bunch of liars. They're better off drinking cola than Drano. I mean, yes. Yeah. You could, oh, oh you could I see. Make, you could okay. make that a true statement. If I you didn't were, see the fine print. If you were manipulating it. Wow. I didn't see the um, fine print. If I were you, I would not be giving Christian and Elle uh, cans of Coke and a lot of TV. No. Because they can talk. No. And they'll they be can telling. Talk now. They will. As soon as they can talk, you gotta yeah. play. You gotta play by the mom and dad rules. I, I want it's, Papa's special drink. Papa's special drink. He gives me. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. I just love being outside. There's so many things to do this time of the year. I don't want to spend a lot of time cooking, and that's why I love Factors. No prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. And here's the best part. They are absolutely delicious. I love them. 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from. Head to factormeals.com slash bands50 and use the code bands50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code bands50 at factormeals.com slash bands50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. I just love being outside. There's so many things to do this time of the year. I don't want to spend a lot of time cooking, and that's why I love Factors. No prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors, fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. And here's the best part. They are absolutely delicious. I love them. 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from. Head to factormeals.com slash 
BANDS50 and use the code BANDS50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code BANDS50 at Factormeals.com slash BANDS50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. You can call the show 24-7 at 844-52-SHERRY. That's 844-52-SHERRY. Or you can grab our free app from Google Play or the Apple Store and um, download it. And it lets you do all kinds of things. You can listen to the show on the app. You can text the studio. You can enter contests. You can listen to each and every one of our podcasts. And if you tap the little microphone in the bottom center of the screen and talk, the Apple send your message right to us. Hey guys, this is Evan Ezer. Uh, you were just talking about your wall-to-wall carpet uh, idea in bathrooms, and Bob, you are definitely right this time. Um, I've been a plumber for years and years, and been in thousands of bathrooms, and I've only seen a handful, but I have seen a few of these wall-to-wall carpets in bathrooms and they always seem to be this 70s shag tan brown nasty weird colored crap and uh (laughs) the people are always these very strange strange individuals and and of course it's always nasty um but it does happen and well this is in maine I really don't know what that means, but some of us are a little wackadoo up here. So, anyway, bye now. Um, the only thing I heard was, Bob, you are right this, this time. time. <laughs> That's all I heard. What else did he say? I, I have absolutely nothing. No, I'm only kidding. Well, first, first of all, there are some wackadoos in Maine. There are wackadoos I have found everywhere. Everywhere. There, there are wackadoos in the church you go to. So it's not, it's not just me. My bringing up carpet in the bathroom, I think, has been the biggest audience driver and probably the thing that people remember most about my many years on the air. I have never seen so many <laughs> comments. It's my legacy about uh, the disgusting idea of uh, carpet in the bathroom. And then, nonetheless, there were a few people that said that they loved it. Um, can I tell you, since you've talked about this, my mother decided we were going to have carpet in the main bathroom of the house. And she bought those carpet tiles that, you know, the squares yeah, that you yeah, put in. Yeah. So she put that down and she insisted on having a hanging light fixture, like a little chandelier in the bathroom. I don't know what was going through her mind, but she thought mm. that we were moving up, you know, by doing that. With the- with and, the chandelier in the and carpet. And I can yeah. tell you that those squares kept on coming up when she would vacuum. And one day I oh, came yeah. home and it was a ceramic floor, a porcelain floor all <laughs> over again. So All and over I, again. And I bet nobody said anything. Nobody said a word. Uh-uh. Because your, your mom, you knew that your mom would have been defeated by that carpet and it was best to pretend none of it ever happened. All right. This is Dawn. Hi guys, this is Donna in Minnesota. Was just listening to the podcast and I was laughing because Doc said he wouldn't walk five miles for a girl. And it reminded me of the time in probably the 60s that my uncle um, walked, well, hitchhiked uh, 11 or 12 miles one way into town to ask my mom to a movie. And she was like, no. I was like, mom, that's so mean. She's like, I don't feel like going to a movie. 
Then my oh. other uncle asked her out. My dad comes from fam- from a family of 15 children. My mom from a family of 10 children. My other uncle asked mom out, and she said, yeah. Well, my dad got there first, so she left with my dad. They've been married. It'll be 53 years in June. Love you guys. Bye. Isn't what it amazing? <laughs> Isn't it just amazing how we meet and then get other people into the world? What a crazy story. Um, I have a friend, Paul Miserandino, that I referred to once he, once in a while. I've known he and his wife, Georgina, for years and years. He was so head over heels for Georgina. He had a motor scooter, <coughs> like you'd see in you know Italian movies. And they have very small wheels. It's not like, you know, like a motorcycle. And they are, they are not allowed on uh, interstates. It's against the law. At least it was back then. There was a blizzard, an ice storm that was blowing through Connecticut. And Georgina lived, I guess, around 20 miles away from him. He fired up that Vespa and he got on I-95 South in the middle of an ice storm. That Vespa can't go any faster than 50. And if you go by a cop, they're gonna arrest you and, and pull you over. He is going with ice in his face, no helmet, straight down I-95. There's almost no other traffic. Um, And he got there. Her father, as I remember the story, allowed him to stay for a couple of hours and then said, son, it's time to say goodnight. The father knew the storm was still out there and sent Paul out. He starts up the Vespa and goes on I-95 North. And he's going along truck or something blows by him and blows him sideways and he goes off the side of the road he's okay vespa was okay picked it up and then went home i have no idea how long that took for him to drive each way but that will tell you what a 17 year old boy will do to get for in love. front of a girl yeah. <laughs> yeah. he had a guardian angel riding he behind did. him on that vespa that night he did hey yeah Hey, you know what I have for you next? Um, One of my friends sent me the most amazing story about Rihanna's halftime performance. It has at the Super Bowl. It has nothing to do with the music or the performance. Those floating platforms that she was on. Yeah. They looked so cool. But there was a really practical reason why the show was designed that way. And I just learned reading this. I learned so much about the Super Bowl and the NFL. And also, incidentally, about that halftime show, and I cannot wait to share it. It's next. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. So here's how the halftime show at Super Bowl was pulled off with Rihanna. And the producers of and who, who work with the NFL and doing halftime said this is probably the most technically advanced halftime show they'll ever have. Those Hmm. seven LED-lit glass platforms that Rihanna and her dancers were on, those platforms were moving. They were rising and lowering and shifting. That whole show existed because they had to keep Rihanna and her dancers off the grass. So let me tell you this story because my mind was just blown. Um, Players have pushed the NFL to replace all AstroTurf with real grass because they say it's it's easier on their bodies. The hardness mm-hmm. of the ground, the softness of the the sod. These are 
major factors for players and and how their cleats interact and what kind of fall they take. So at the State Farm Stadium where the Super Bowl was in Arizona, there is 100,000 square feet of turf that's on a tray. And during the week, they roll that tray outside into the sun and then they roll it back under the stadium's dome for game days. And they can also open the the dome to give the grass sun. But it's better for them to literally take the tray full of stadium grass outside. They water it every day. They mow it every day. And then they have this this thing called the Clegg Impact Tester that Mm -hmm. checks density to make sure it's safety for the players, right? And they do Mm -hmm. this by dropping this big, heavy hammer onto the ground. And they measure it. Its nickname is the Thumper. And then they measure it using computers to come up with a score. And that score is called the G-Max. And NFL guidelines say it has to be below a, a score of 100. So in order to keep that G-Max score and to protect that grass and to protect the players, they had to keep everything off of it at halftime. But they also had to get Rihanna and all of her dancers and all of that support crew on and off the field, they had seven and a half minutes to set up the halftime show. They had six minutes to take it down, and no one could be on the grass. Pretty exciting challenge, right? So they yeah. go to Rihanna's people, and they said, Riri, here's the deal. We're going to have seven and a half minutes to set your show up. You and your dancers cannot touch the ground. So Rihanna said, then put me in the air. So the trusses at this stadium, this dome, the trusses are so powerful that each one can hold a freight train. So they were easily able to build these. Amazing. They were easily able to. Yeah. They were easily able to build these gorgeous glass and LED. Well, you know, not glass, but Lucite LED lip platforms. They had them um, attached by cables. Um, to the trusses and they had to it took 15 structures to get them on and off and up and down and get dancers and Rihanna on and off the field in and out of tunnels they had to build special equipment to get it through the tunnels for the um, the whole game those platforms were tucked up into the trusses they brought them down during that seven and a half minute setup um, each platform had 512 lights and each of those lights was choreographed to respond to Rihanna's performance and because all of this could only exist inside the State Farm Stadium it's one of the only times in the history of Super Bowl where all the rehearsals and tech run-throughs were done in the stadium they couldn't rehearse in an outside venue because the choreography of the lights and getting dancers and Rihanna on and off platforms and tethered and all of the the platforms flying and shifting and moving. They said there's never been a Super Bowl show like it. There probably won't ever be another Super Bowl show like it again. This was like the peak. And if you were watching it at home toward the end when Rihanna closed with diamonds and you just saw that tiny red human figure suspended in the sky surrounded mm-hmm. by twinkling lights that was a mm-hmm. breathtaking shot yeah i think what made the show was what you just described the uh, technical parts for me i would have liked to have just seen her sing diamonds that's enough well, but you know she, my favorite she super bowl 
Yeah. Because yeah. she couldn't just stand it's, on the grass and sing. Right. It's it's the Super Bowl. I, I totally get that. That grass was something. What a mess for the players. Even, even with all they did, it was still pretty, uh, pretty messy and uh, it looked dangerous. But that is so fascinating that they can do that. The technology behind that show is evidently just breathtaking. It's Bob and Sherry. Can You Believe This is brought to you by State Farm. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I believe this shit. And I believe this With all of the uh, mystery and, and weird craziness with these objects in the sky that the military's shooting down and trying to shoot down, um, it got me wondering about some things. And I fell down a little bit of a rabbit hole. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to criticize the people that put the curriculum together for the schools I attended as a child, but I feel like they left out some stuff that we all would have paid a lot more attention to. I'm talking the Civil War surveillance balloons, spy balloons during the Civil War. Did you even know such a thing existed? You know, I can, in the depths of my studying the Civil War, which I think we did at North Haven High School for about two days, I, I, I remember something about it, and I was so surprised. What, what do you know? Refresh my memory. It, it would have been, I mean, I think you would have had kids like sitting up straight and paying more attention. So uh-huh. in the early, and, and this goes all the way back, the French were the first to experiment with hydrogen balloons for battlefield recon. That was like back in 1790. The balloons didn't fly. They were tethered to the ground by cables, and two soldiers would get into the balloon basket. One would be operating a telescope, and the other would be signaling using flags to the military on the ground below. And those French balloonists were the world's first air force. Okay. Did not know about any, right. Did not know about any of that. Now we come to the civil war in America when it broke out, um, an American inventor and kind of showboat guy named Thaddeus Lowe went to the national mall in DC and put on this big fancy balloon demonstration. And it was so exciting that Abraham Lincoln was like, we need balloons in the Union Army. So the very biggest of all the Union reconnaissance balloons was called the Intrepid. And it could carry five people. And one of those people was a telegraph operator. So they would get up in that balloon and they would look at what the Confederate Army was up to. And then they would use the telegraph to relay information back to headquarters. Wow, that's brilliant, isn't it? Right? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah, Then um, there was a a meteorologist in Britain named Douglas Archibald. And he, this is in the 1880s, you guys. He rigged a camera to a kite and he sent the kite up into the sky because he was studying like the wind speed and direction because he was a meteorologist. And this was before there was even TV meteorologists, right? Huh. His aerial photographs from that kite were the earliest aerial fo- aerial photographs ever published. And That's it inspired amazing. an American army corporal whose name was Corporal William Eddy. So now it's 1898 and Corporal Eddy is fighting in the Spanish-American War and he thought about that British meteorologist. So he got himself a kite. And he attached a camera to it and he sent it up into the sky. 
And he took the very first military aerial surveillance photos in history. Now, my two questions, let me ask my, my two questions. Yeah, are, yeah. How did he get the, the camera back then to click? And the other, the other one is, how did they send a, a uh, I'm going to probably sound really stupid with this. How did the telegraph operator send the, uh, the message from okay. the balloon? The, the shutter, there was a wire down, that, right? there was a wire that was attached to the shutter and that wire ran down the kite all the way to the bottom of the string that the, the guy was holding. So oh, when okay. he wanted to take a picture, he pressed yeah. the button and then right. the, it, the impulse traveled the first up the selfie. and operated yeah, the shutter. It was the first yeah. selfie is what it was. Yeah. Telegraph operator, very similar thing. The wire right. for the telegraph ran down the balloon oh, line to wire. the ground. Yeah. So do, yeah. you mem- do you remember the other day, our moron of the day, or it wasn't in morons in the news, I can't remember, the, the backpack pigeon delivering crystal meth into the right. prison? Right. Well, yeah. well, back in like World War One, okay, they put little um, cameras and backpacks on carrier pigeons and they sent them up in the sky and the mm-hmm. pigeons would try to take photos. But it turns out, here's going to be a shock. The pigeons were not good photographers. Okay? Oh, the pigeons did not do a great job. Um, but they turned some of those photos into postcards. And they were like, oh, look, it's a pigeon photo postcard. Mm-hmm. The CIA, fast forward now all the way, the CIA um, did a whole series of tests on pigeon photographers where they would strap these little cameras to the pigeons and they would tell them what to do and they would send them up to take like up close surveillance photos of spy targets. And the reason that that stopped is because the CIA, the CIA was like, these pigeons do not take direction. Well, well, sir, it's a pigeon and its brain is very small and you're asking it to operate a camera and take specific pictures of specific things. That feels ambitious to me. How about y'all? Yeah, definitely. I'll tell you, the idea that I would be a soldier that is going up over a battle between the North and the South in a balloon to give information to the North about where the, uh, where the troops were, the Southern troops were, that is a really brave person. You know, because down below, you got about a thousand really pissed off Southern soldiers that are going to try to shoot you out of the, the sky. Only- you know what I would do? You know what I would do? On the balloon in giant letters, I would put Sea Rock City. Okay? So that they would Just think, for funsies. I, they would think which that, that I was on their side. That's that's what I would do. The only thing I can guess is that the, the guns back then didn't have the kind of range where you the could velocity. shoot. And yeah, hit a balloon. Yeah. But isn't yeah. that wild? So, you know, we it think is. this is like, ooh, this is something new that's going on. Uh-uh. This has been going on yeah. for hundreds of years. But, by knew? the way, breaking breaking news, the Pentagon has said that uh, the latest objects up there are UFOs, and they have contacted an alien, and uh, they asked the alien, what are you doing? And he said, don't worry about it. It's just the weather balloon. So we can all oh, yeah. we can relax. It's Swamp Gas. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. People Magazine had an article. Elvis Presley's private jet sells at auction after being parked in the desert for nearly 40 years. The king of rock and roll battered 1962 Lockheed 1329 Jetstar 
was in the desert, as I said, 40 years at the Roswell International Air Center in New Mexico. It was sold on what would have been his 88th birthday. Priscilla Presley was present at the uh, collector's auction. And bidding started at $100,000 and then slowly climbed. And uh, Presley purchased it in 1976 for $840,000. He had two other jets, including the Lisa Marie, which I think is uh, at Graceland or across the street. And he used this one to cart around his backup band, uh, other members of the group, uh, Parker and the Memphis Mafia. I'm looking at the inside. It's been left exactly the way it was. It is dark red carpeting and uh, ruby red um, velvet uh, furniture. Very comfortable looking and very Elvis Presley. Uh, it looks like maybe 20 people. They, they also have Elvis's uh, 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 hi-fi setup, you know, because it's 1976. So <laughs> it looks really like, holy smoke, I haven't seen an outfit like that in a long time because nobody wants one. Uh, that was in it. Uh, the outside is rusted but it looks like it's restorable. And you're wondering, uh, what was the price? $260,000 to a person that was not named. So, you know, if you had millions and you liked Elvis and you bought it and you could restore it for another 2 million or a million or whatever it would take, how cool would that be? I'm against private jets flying private, but let's just say there wasn't a problem. How cool would that be to say, Hey, Wings up at noon. We're flying to Vegas you know. on the King's jet. We, wheels, <laughs> wheels up. Oh, wheels, wheels up. up. That's how. Li- that's that shows you that I don't. <laughs> that's how little ride. you know. Wings <laughs> up. That's a bird. <laughs> I oh don't, yeah, wings I, up. You'd have to have the wings in yeah, order to go. You You're right. You're right. Yeah. Thank you for I the correction. That's all right. I cannot imagine what it would take to make this thing airworthy again after all those years of being mothballed. Got but it. I do think that the timing for the sale was perfect because the movie, I mean, I don't know that yeah. you've gotten that much money for it without the Oscar know. nominated movie. What do you think? There are people out there that love him so much and, you know, weren't even born when he was uh, popular. And if you just had money, that stupid money, um, I could see it. I could see it. And maybe they won't fly it. Maybe it'll be parked somewhere, you know, and it's just uh, in the backyard of some guy's ranch in utah or whatever but uh it's very cool and it's it's the interior just like it was pretty amazing Two hundred sixty thousand bucks it's bob and sherry i just love being outside there's so many things to do this time of the year i don't want to spend a lot of time cooking and that's why i love factors no prep no mess meals meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like calorie smart protein plus and keto factors fresh never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes and here's the best part they are absolutely delicious i love them 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from head to factormeals.com slash bands 50 and use the code bands 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month that's code bands 50 at factormeals.com slash bands 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month while your subscription is active I know that everyone enjoyed the long weekend if you had off from work or school for President's Day. A lot of places are closed, but of course all the 
you know, Target's open. Target's open on Christmas now. So um, a lot of people still went into work. But I find that when you get you a good federal holiday, even people that tell me every single minute of every single day how much they hate the government, and I'm looking at my brothers right now and my husband, um, boy, do they enjoy President's Day because it's a day (laughs) off in the middle of winter. I thought it would be fun to take a look at some of the uh, U.S. presidents. And I know you don't know these things about them because they're so random. For example, George Washington, the very first president. Did you know his dogs were named Sweet Lips and Drunkard? (laughs) No, you're kidding me. (laughs) That sounds like something one of your frat brothers would have had for pets. I know, I know. George Washington, the, the, the first among founding fathers, his face on the dollar bill, the first president, in many ways the architect of the peaceful transfer of power, named his dog Sweet Lips and Drunkard. All right, here's, yeah. a, here's another one that I didn't know. John Adams, he was the second president, and his wife Abigail, they were just over the moon for each other. They wrote more than 1,100 love letters back and forth to each other. Really? I did know that. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did not. You don't really think of, you know, you look at the, of course, we don't really know what the founding fathers were like because we just see these painfully serious portraits of them in those white powdered wigs. And it's hard to, it's hard to look at a dude in velvet knee breeches and a white powdered wig and have passion be the first thing that comes to your mind, you know, but they were apparently like all over each other. James Madison was only five foot four and barely broke a hundred pounds. Yeah, he was tiny. Oh, I didn't be, realize he was that slight. Is that right? Yeah, he'd be like if he was a cheerleader, he'd get to be on the top of the pyramid. He's so tiny. Um, I did know that Andrew Jackson, President Andrew Jackson, once killed a man in a duel. Did you know that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, our tenth president, John Tyler. By the way, the last two that you just brought up, killing a man and being, uh, what was it, five feet tall and weighing 100 pounds, pounds, you couldn't get elected today with either one of those. Well, I think you could get elected killing a man more than being uh, five feet tall and weighing 100 pounds. Um, This is one of my favorite stories because I'm super um, obsessed with Abraham Lincoln for no reason that I can name, but Ulysses S. Grant. And I knew about this because I wrote a term paper on Ulysses S. Grant in high mm-hmm. school history class. Why did I pick Ulysses S. Grant? Oh, thank you for asking. Because our history teacher passed around a red Solo cup with little pieces of paper folded on it. And inside the cup on each piece of paper was a topic for a term paper. And you, you had to write a paper on whatever you drew. And I drew Ulysses S. Grant, which uh, was the short stick, I promise you. But I did learn this, and this is one of my favorite little Ulysses S. Grant fun facts. He had been invited to join Abraham Lincoln at Ford Theater on the evening of April 14th, 1865 to watch the play. But he could not go. He had to send his regrets because he and his wife had already made plans to visit their children in New Jersey. And Mrs. Ulysses S. Grant was like, excuse you, sir, we're going to New Jersey. And that's why Ulysses S. Grant was not at the Ford Theater that night with Abraham Lincoln. I wonder how history might have been altered if he had been there. Uh, you, you know, the mind reels, right? You think of yeah. all the ways this could have yeah. gone differently. John Wilkes, John Wilkes Booth was aiming for Abraham Lincoln, but might history have happened in a completely mm-hmm. different way? And I'm, I, I believe that if Lincoln had not been assassinated, 
we would be living in a very different America than we're living in right now. That's too big a historical kind of pivot point to not make all those big changes. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Chester Arthur, who I promise you, if I went door to door for the rest of the day, I don't think I'd hit six people that could tell me that Chester Arthur was the 21st president. He got yeah. his name. Um, the, the doctor who delivered him was named Dr. Chester Abel. And apparently that was one hell of a labor and delivery situation. And mm-hmm. the, and Chester A. Arthur's mom was so glad when it was over that she named the baby after a doctor. So listen to this, President Warren G. Harding. So he served um, from 1921 to 1923. And prior to being elected and becoming the president, he wrote so many really dirty smoking hot passionate love letters to his mistress who was the wife of his best friend get out of here wow yeah um his own wife harding's wife florence was very very um ill she had kidney issues and Mm -hmm. he wrote to his to his uh friend his best friend whose name was james phillips he said quote there isn't one iota of affection in my home relationship it is merely existence necessary for appearance sake. Meanwhile, here's what he wrote. Here's what President Warren G. Harding wrote to his side action. Are you ready? I love to suck your breath away. I love to cling there long to stay. I love you garbed naked more. Love your beauty to fuss adore. Hey, hey, Prez, how about bringing down inflation and enough of that stuff? Spent an awful lot of time with that. Do you think that his friend knew? Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. I'd like to suck I think your so breath too. away. Sounds like something Ted Bundy would say. <laughs> or, or a 90s AC song, <laughs> right? What, what's interesting about the whole Warren G. Harding love story situation is a lot of his critics thought that he was just a dullard and not very articulate, not yeah. capable of expressing himself. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because they never saw him without his pants on, because apparently where romance was involved, he was quite the silver-tongued devil. Now, you and know, folks, it, it, you're, you're in the bedroom now with President Warren G. Harding, a Bob and Sherry exclusive. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry want to whisk you and your bestie off for a Florida getaway. It could be a friend from grade school, high school, or even a sibling or mom or dad. You and your bestie could stay three nights at the Don Cesar, a luxury hotel located in St. Pete Beach. Known as the legendary Pink Palace, this beachfront resort is situated on the sugary white sands of the Gulf of Mexico and offers ocean views from every room. The prize also includes admission to Clearwater Marine Aquarium, Florida's Marine Life Rescue Center, admission to the Dolly Museum to explore an unparalleled collection of art and digital experiences, and a one-of-a-kind upscale dining experience aboard Yacht Starship Cruises, America's first three-diamond-rated dining yacht, plus round-trip flights and a rental car. To enter, just go to bobandsherry.com, hit the contest tab, and submit a picture of you and your bestie. Because right now, Florida is exactly where you need to be. Get away to Florida from Visit Florida and Bob and Sherry. 
Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. So if you're just joining us, we were talking about like some of the weirder unknown little fun facts about the U.S. presidents. I hope you got to yeah. have yesterday off or your kids did at least and you had a long President's Day weekend. I mentioned that I have a small borderline obsession with Abraham Lincoln and I don't know why. It's just every time, every page you turn on Abraham Lincoln, you find some new thing that has you going, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. for example, Abraham Lincoln is in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. I don't know is he really? That. See, is nobody really? knows any of this. He yeah, is. Yeah. Now, um, he wasn't like, you know, this isn't WWE wrestling, but he, as a as a young man, he was a big wrestler, and he he had 300 or so matches, and he only lost one time. One. Get out of here. That's a serious yeah. career there. I'll tell he you, you the- know what I remember uh, about Lincoln that I, that I don't know why. Uh, it was Lincoln before he became president. He was a lawyer. And he was a traveling lawyer. You know, he traveled over uh, Illinois and I guess maybe, I guess mostly Illinois. And uh, he would, uh, you know, of course, there are no cars. He would uh, take a horse, I guess, and stay at a local inn. And in the local inn, very often, he would share a bed with another traveling lawyer or salesman or whatever. It was oh, just yeah. commonplace. That's commonplace. I mean, can yeah, you imagine you today? Strangers. Can you imagine today? You know, you're, you're going through a small town and there's a little B and B there, and uh, you check in and they say, "Yeah, uh, we've got room eight A. Uh, there is a gentleman staying there. His name is Clinton." And, um, you know, you'll be, uh, you'll be bunking with him. How bizarre In the same bed, be? not in just the in the same, same room, in, but they were so the cold yeah. that they were yeah. glad to get it. Right. Can Here's I, the other. Can I tell you no, another crazy ahead. fact yeah, about yeah. Abraham Lincoln? Yeah. So Abraham Lincoln's son, um, was waiting for a train, fell off the platform as the train was approaching and a man helped him back to the platform and saved his life. He was what? an actor. His name was Edwin Booth. Whose brother was John Wilkes John Booth? Wilkes. Get out of here! It's a, it is a true story. Wow! How crazy I, is that? What a great opening gonna... to a movie about Lincoln. Yeah, I mean, would, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, and then you know, uh, call it back at the end of the uh, at the end of the it, movie. Abraham Lincoln is one of those people that history, um, the goddess of history, dearly loves. Because Abraham Lincoln, from his earliest life, was marked for something. Greatness, infamy, he was just marked. Mm -hmm. He was clearly not a regular person. I'm going to tell you guys now something that has always given me the, like, was about Abraham Lincoln. So during the day on April 14th, 1865, um, Abraham Lincoln had kind of a regular day of being the president, governing and all that. And one of the big things that happened that day was he signed a piece of legislation and that bill created the United States Secret Service. He signed the bill on the afternoon of the night that he was assassinated. Now, when he originally when he originally signed that bill, the Secret Service was supposed to fight counterfeiting, currency counterfeiting, right? Um, That was the plan for the Secret Service, currency counterfeiting. It wasn't until 1901, after two other presidents were assassinated, that the Secret Service had their mandate changed 
to protect the commander in chief. Is that but on right? the very day that Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, he signed the bill into law that created the Secret Service. As I don't know for a fact, but my guess is uh, it was Abraham Lincoln, the subject of the first really dark joke ever in America. And of course, the joke is, outside of that, did you enjoy the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Oh, God, that is one of the darkest. That is you one of the You think that's the first one? I think it must be the first one, yeah. Abraham Lincoln's just fascinating, fascinating character. And we don't have time for me to get into Abraham Lincoln's body. Maybe I'll do a true weird stuff episode on that. Because Abraham Lincoln's body did more, saw more, traveled more than most it's people true. do when they're alive in their bodies. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry Vault is brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Dear God, I want to thank everyone who sent me recipes for pepperoni pizza dip. Where has this been all my life? What's in it? Okay, so most of the recipes are pretty consistent. You start with eight ounces of cream cheese pizza sauce, mozzarella cheese, Parmesan cheese, pepperoni, and then if you want to throw in some other toppings like black olives or what have you. So it's light. And you put it in like a glass, like a Pyrex pie dish, Mm -hmm. and you bake it in the oven for a while, and then you pull it out, and you grab like a piece of a baguette or a tortilla chip or some toasted pita bread, and you drag it through that pile of goodness, and you stuff it into your face as fast as you can before somebody else eats it all. You know, if I... If I ate that for breakfast, you would say, well, someone's getting ready to die (laughs) or something like that, you know? Of course. How is that that more healthy than a Jimmy Dean uh, bacon bowl? Well, I think I just said it's for like a Super Bowl party, not as part of a balanced breakfast. You know what? You should have been a lawyer because you're a total wingnut. And you're so (laughs) I'd like to apologize to the legal community. (laughs) You're so arguing. Did I go say, along to get along. Did, did any of you well, don't? Yes, did, I do. You go along to get to lunch earlier. <laughs> did anybody tell Mr. Happy Pants that it was for breakfast? No, no, no. But this is the man that doesn't eat breakfast for breakfast. He just, uh, this morning, announced what that he, he, have had, today? he had some sort of chicken dish that he bought at the uh, grocery store. And chicken I, and uh, shell pasta. With uh, a marinara sauce. And I asked him what was wrong with a bowl of cereal, and he looked at me with this stare oh, on his face. Oh, he ain't eating cereal no yeah. No, no. I know what I, I, know what, you wh- know what you what, like. I know what I like, and I know what works for me. When I, I know that when I get up in the morning, <laughs> right, it's very, it's very, very early, and I go, oh, it's so early. And then I think about a nice cup of coffee that's waiting for me downstairs, mm-hmm. which I always get, and then get in my car driving into work. What else do you think about? And then I uh, think, oh, I'm going to have that, I'm going to microwave in my little office microwave the chicken and pasta. That'll be delicious. Yeah. And that makes me feel good. What else good. do you think so about? So what's wrong about... What else do you think about in the morning? I think about a lot of things. <laughs> do you start th- when do you start thinking about lunch? About 80s? Right after I finish the chicken and pasta dish. <laughs> I'm tired of people, and it's mostly you people and my wife, hating on me because I enjoy eating food. You just asked me how much work do we have after the show, 
And we all know why that question's being asked. Because you're hungry. Because you're hungry, and there's a burger joint right down the street, and you've got to be first in line. You need oh, to you bring think a you snack. know me? You Mr. don't know me. Do- Mr., you need to put a snack into your book bag in the morning <laughs> so you can We're going to get you a Go-Gurt to get, take with you. He does. He needs a Go-Gurt and a little box of raisins. <laughs> I don't like snacks. I just like to have my three meals. <laughs> he doesn't like snacks. <laughs> Unless it's pistachio ice cream or... Mm-hmm. What, what about the candy bars you only yeah. eat a third of or a half of or something? He, well, they don't count. because He lies not, and pretends that's not really happening. It's not really happening. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't see it. <laughs> you know, we see your faces. We see them all. He comes into the studio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. That's. I feel, I feel sorry for you people because you, you just don't. You're you're not just taking the uh, taking life and just draining the marrow out of it. That's what I do. Okay. As a matter of fact, if I had some marrow here, I would eat it. Yeah. Why? Is there something wrong with you that you're always hungry? Do you have a tapeworm? I mean, what is going on with you? You're jealous. You are so jealous. I don't want to walk around hungry all the time, constantly saying, how much longer do you need me to be here because I'm hungry? <laughs> I don't want to live like that. You know what, though? I will say that somehow this regimen works for him because he's not overweight no. at all. Because he has a Thank tapeworm. Yeah. No, it's Remember not. Remember when you were hosting PM Magazine and you went to Cochibamba and you drank some like some local stuff off of a street vendor? Oh. Yeah. Oh. That's why you never got your man's body. Oh, I have the world's <laughs> oh, oldest uh, tapeworm. Is that right? I have a tapeworm that's got AARP that I, I got in Cochibamba, <laughs> Bolivia. I think you did. Well, I think that explains everything, don't you? Yeah. The bottomless appetite. No. He never gains weight. You, want you don't me, have your you man's body. You want me body. to gain weight. You want? I do have my oh. man's body. I, I do don't, have my man's I don't. body. I don't want you hey. to gain weight. I, I want walk 10,000 steps a day. I want you to be treated for your intestinal parasite. <laughs> I do not have an in- I do not have an intestinal parasite. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. There is a, I believe, Los Angeles interior designer whose name is Jeremiah Brent. And very quickly, here are some of his interior designer rules that you should abide by if you really want to have a place that's kind of hip. These are don'ts, all right? Number one, don't cover up wood flooring that's original with carpeting. A wood flooring can be expensive. If you've already got it, leave it there, have it stained. Number two, be careful buying furniture online. I ordered something out of Portugal. I was so excited, and then it came, and it was furniture made for children. We had to send it back. Uh, Number three, the written word art. Like, bless you, the day is long, but the road is short. Live every moment, laugh every day, love beyond words uh, on on, on your walls. He says, make sure that the home is blessed, but not the wall. You know, all of these, you all do what you want to do. I'll do what I want to do, and he can do what he wants to do. He's just throwing these out. Uh, never buy everything completely brand new. Go to a vintage store and mix things up a little because styles do change. I have a visceral, this is him, visceral reaction to plastic blinds. It stresses me out. One thing I would never buy is acrylic furniture. I know it's super controversial. People like acrylic furniture, but me, it's always dirty and it scratches within two seconds. I don't like fake plants. I don't like LED light bulbs. And finally, a couple of responses. 
Heather Green says, barn doors, especially on bathrooms. I have to agree. Mary and I rented a place in the mountains once and they were all barn doors. Oh my God. Especially on the bathroom, rolling that big boy all the time. And finally, Madeline says, I cannot stand a sofa with a built-in cup holder. You know, I understand what she's saying. But if I lived alone, if I lived alone, I know, I, I might go with it, you know? I've never been this. with a woman that would allow me to get anything like that. Though. I would not buy a couch with a cup holder, but when I come to your house and you have a couch with a cup holder, I yeah. am going to enjoy the hell out of that cup holder. Are you gonna Are you gonna let it rec- recline a little bit too? Uh-huh. Yeah. Go right back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if there's a button I can push and have it vibrate a little bit and give me a massage, I'm never leaving. Yeah. Just let. I'm you saving know. up for that. So <laughs> for when you come over. So there it is. A few ideas. Take it or leave it. This is Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.